Hi, everyone, and welcome to Audio Note number 24. My name is Andrew Robinson. I gauge progress in this journey towards selfship by the degree to which you're able to recognize that there is a whole heck of a lot more going on within you than you realize. Why is this so important? Is my goal here just to turn us all into a bunch of navel-gazing narcissists? I hope not. I certainly hope not. Uh, however, what's interesting about this process is that the better you understand yourself and come to develop selfship, the more you're actually able to focus on others. And this will become more evident as we work through this. If through paying attention to your responses and your reactions, if you gain a deeper understanding of where those come from and how to work with them, you are at least, I hope, a little more open to the possibility that you are far more complex, more glorious, more beautiful, more brilliantly made than you previously thought. That, I think, is progress. We are well on our way. Of course, this journey towards selfship is such that we don't ever arrive at a destination. We don't reach a state of selfship and say, well, I'm sure glad I got that over with. What's next, right? That's not the point. This is a lifelong education from which we will never graduate. It's the striving that matters, and not just striving, but striving in the right direction toward the right destination. If this is true of you, you'll notice that progress toward this destination precipitates a longing at times for the familiar. As a deeper awareness of your real self emerges, you may hear the call of what seems now like a much simpler life. I get it. The familiar will always hold a special sort of comfort. We may find ourselves nostalgic, pining for yesterday when we were less aware of ourselves, when things just seemed a whole lot more simple. Similarly, it's not uncommon for a person that's released from prison to long for the comfort of familiarity they experienced behind bars. I was actually talking with someone about this the other day. And for good reason, because freedom provides options and options require we choose. And we know we have to take responsibility for whatever we choose. It's that last piece that we avoid, personal responsibility, which is why we have an allergy to freedom. That helps explain why we may long for the warmth of the familiar where we didn't have so much freedom, so many choices, and so much personal responsibility, even if it means we live a life with less selfship. This may be a good time to remind you again that your feelings are a poor indicator of progress. As you gain a strong sense of self and grow more self-aware and more intentional, you may actually at times feel worse. You may feel weaker instead of stronger and even disoriented along the way at times. It's the opposite of what you would expect. If you were to hike from the top of the Grand Canyon to the Colorado River that flows at the bottom, the trail that you take will lead you at times directly away from the river. Though you're directionally getting further from the river, you're actually getting closer because you're still losing elevation as you descend into the canyon. The process towards selfship mirrors this reality. There may be times when you feel like you're getting further away from your destination. At times, you may even feel worse than you did before, and you may begin to wonder, why on earth did I start this journey in the first place? You may find yourself reminiscing about the safety and the security that you felt with the familiar confines of a life that lacked self-awareness. 
If you grow weary in this journey, and you will, it's a good time to sit down next to the trail, take a breather, enjoy the view, rehydrate, whatever it looks like for you to take care of yourself and regain your energy. But whatever you do, don't start back up the trail. The whole reason you set off on this journey in the first place was to progress in your awareness of your unique self, your unique identity. The truth is, you couldn't go back if you wanted to because you can't unknow what you now know. We've traveled a long road to get here. Some of you may actually be frustrated that we're not going faster. Maybe some of you even gave up on the journey a while ago, but you've re-engaged in this process down the road. And some people gave up and never came back. As the famous track coach and co-founder of Nike, Bill Bowerman, often said, the cowards never started and the weak died along the way. That leaves us, ladies and gentlemen, us. When our daughters were babies, we hung an elaborate mobile above their bed to give them something to look at when they were falling asleep. And as you know, when you move one part of a mobile, it affects the other parts. You are no different. In the same way that moving one piece of a mobile affects the whole, you and I are a complex system of interconnected parts of ourselves. They live in relationship to one another which is why they can't not affect one another, just like the mobile. One of the obstacles that I run into with the leaders I work with is the assumption that we are single-selved organisms. Not single-celled organisms, but single-selved organisms. We only have one self or one identity. Think about the times that you scored high on the reactivity scale or found yourself on the outer extremities of the activation triangle, or even in a state of zero gravity where you were swept away by your emotions, notice the kind of assessment that you gave to those reactions, the kind of judgment that you assigned to them. For a lot of leaders I work with, and for myself, we tend to naturally distance ourselves from those reactions. We say things like, well, I just wasn't myself, or gosh, I have no idea what got into me, as if those reactions weren't us. This kind of distancing ourselves from ourselves amounts to a form of what I would call orphaning. In the same way that an orphan lacks a parent, to whatever degree we disown these parts of ourselves when they show up and relegate them to lives on their own, we make them orphans. Like the mobile, we each possess this complex array of interconnected selves, at least they're supposed to be interconnected. And as such, these parts affect one another. The activation of one part affects the entire network. We develop selfship as we increase our ability to identify and work with these selves so that we don't orphan them. We come to recognize such reactions as us, as part of us, and we take ownership and responsibility of them as parts of ourselves, all of ourselves. That's selfship. At some level, you already know and believe this. You've undoubtedly used language at times like, part of me felt this way, or another part of me felt that way. But that's about as far as most people go. We don't typically do the work to unorphan those parts. We treat them as something other than ourselves. 
That's what gave birth to the complex identity framework. I wanted a way to understand these parts and how they relate to one another and how they can integrate with one another rather than orphaning them. So CIF or complex identity framework gives me a framework I use with leaders and myself to promote the kind of internal integration of the self that's at the heart of selfship. So before you listen to the next audio note, I want you to pick one reaction or one mood that you recently experienced in which you seemed off, kind of like I described in the last audio note. Maybe you lost your cool with an employee or you tore into a loved one at home. Maybe you found yourself depressed or checking out of a situation when you really needed to be present. Whatever it is, take note of it. And with that reaction or mood fresh in your mind, ask yourself one question. How old do you feel when you experience that reaction or that mood? That's it for now. We will build on these insights you gain in this exercise during the next audio note. Until then, wherever you're listening from, I am so glad that you are here. Take care, everyone.